0: Yeah, yeah, what's happening? Um, Dog Food Radio, we back again with a, uh, another installment for you to uh, satisfy your off-season uh, hunger needs as far as the browns uh, content, if you will. Um, yeah, big shout-out to the female, the, the umbrella that we are. are we appreciate them for bringing us more. And all of that. And if I keep looking around, you have to forgive me because I'm still new trying to figure out how how to work some of my tools here. So trying to take my background music down. Uh, So, yeah, man, um, we're going to get right into it on today's um, installment. And we're going to talk about running backs and the title of this one is called uh, You Need Backs in This League. Now, what am I talking about? Um, I'm not talking about your fantasy league. Uh, even though you need backs uh, in that league as well. We're talking about the National Football League. And for whatever reason, there's a consensus that running backs are replaceable. They're not valuable. And, you know, they're having a hard time getting their money. And, you know, let's just take the Nick Chubb example. He got hurt. And so he's probably one of the few that you could maybe make an argument to say, teams um are hesitant or would be hesitant to pay him if he were a free agent but uh given his body of work especially with the browns uh he's earned the right to um get his money if you will because your team wouldn't be where they are where they have been in the last four or five years uh without nick chubb right so we'll see what he ultimately ends up getting paid but take somebody like a Derrick Henry and we know Derrick Henry was pretty much the bell cow back in Tennessee. Um, they were pretty much riding him like the government mule, you know, but they had success because of that. You know, if you think about Ryan Tannehill, you know, when you got eight, nine guys in the box because they're trying to stop Derrick Henry and all you got to do is throw to one, uh, AJ Brown in one-on-one coverage back when they had AJ Brown that made his job a lot easier so for them to make it seem like derrick henry isn't worth uh top dollar you know regardless of the of the mileage let's take a look at his carries real quick um 2000 so he's had 2000 carries had 280 carries last season 349 the year before that i still think he has some um some life left and i and i wouldn't mind seeing the browns um try to make a try to make a play to bring in Derrick Henry. Um, but getting back to the point at hand. You need backs in this league. So let's get back to Nick Chubb. I don't imagine that they're going to give him 300 carries. Uh, this season. Coming off of um, a knee injury like that. Now he very he very well may be able to handle that load. But I think the smart play. Is that if we look at Nick Chubb's. Uh, carries. Career carries. Is 1,238. What did we say Derrick Henry's was? Derrick Henry has had 2,000 carries. So Nick Chubb is about 7,800 carries um, less than Derrick Henry. So to me, regardless of the knee injury, with the advances of modern science, I mean, we've seen uh, AP, we've seen what he did coming off of a knee injury. And a lot of people forget. I actually looked that up. He hurt his knee like in December like november december so it was it was actually towards the end of the season when adrian peterson got hurt nick chubb got hurt in week two so i would be highly surprised if he's not ready to go by week one but given that he had a shortened season he only had 28 carries last season he had 302 in 2022 um he's only had 300 carries one time in his career 2019 he had 298 attempts so i guess you can call that 300 but for the most part he's probably averaged about 230 it looks like 230 to 240 somewhere in that range so you know i think if everything goes well with the surgery nick chubb will be back to 100 i really do believe that which is why i think is very um um, short-sighted for the league to take this stance and it seems like every team is taking this stance that you that your running backs aren't aren't valuable and if we talk about the cleveland browns and we think about where they are as a team again you went and broke the bank for a quarterback so we're, we're going to say that you got that position filled um, Amari Cooper is your, is your number one. He's been producing, so you, you're solid right there. Njoku emerged, so you're solid at the tight end. Um, we know the offensive line has been very consistent, so for the most part, save some tweaks. You're good there. If you lost Nick Chubb or a running back of that caliber, um, this offense is not gonna look the same. We, we, we all, I think everybody knows that. So, And I'm under the assumption they're going to bring him back. But I do think kind of like when you had the the Hunt-Chubb combo, you need to bring in another back that can give you that smash and dash, that can give you that thunder and lightning, whatever it is. You you, you need to have that to keep Chubb fresh, to keep the other back fresh. And we kind of saw it um, in the Super Bowl this particular season, the importance of a running back. And then not only that, knowing when to use your running back. San Francisco probably lost a Super Bowl because they didn't ride their best player in Christian McCaffrey. Which is pretty ridiculous to me. Really, if we take it back to 2012, when they played the Ravens in the Super Bowl. From what I remember, Frank Gore got you all the way down to the five yard line. And for whatever reason, they wanted to throw three or four fade routes with Kaepernick at the quarterback. And I believe that most of those went to Michael Crabtree, even though Moss was on the field as well. He was an older Moss. But if you're going to throw fade routes to somebody, you throw those to Moss. And Frank Gore was on the team. I don't believe he got one carry within the red zone, if I remember correctly. Let's think about the Seattle Seahawks. They lost the Super Bowl. That's pretty much the consensus. They lost the Super Bowl in 2014 because they didn't hand the ball off to their back. Now, some people I've seen where they try to defend that play call where Lynch was a certain percentage within five yards. So the play call was the right play call. Let me tell you something. If you go to YouTube and you type in do your job documentary. That's going to tell you why that was the wrong play call. Because New England had been preparing for that play, the pick play. That's why I got jumped. That's why I got picked off. And I think the whole Seattle defense, their stance is if you hand it to Marshawn three times and he don't get in, we can live with that. But you tried to get cute and you cost your team a championship and they haven't even been close since. So we've seen a couple of examples on the biggest stage where teams, for whatever reason, do not want to hand the ball off to quality running backs. Frank Gore is going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't understand why he didn't get a crack at that Marshawn Lynch. I don't know if he's going to the hall of fame, but he's definitely borderline. If he's not, he should have got the opportunity to run that ball into the end zone at least one more time. Right. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. I think he only got 18 carries, something like that in the super bowl, 59 yards, something like that. The the exact stats escape me, but if you look up what the Chiefs ran for, Patrick Mahomes ran ran for about 40 or 50 yards. That was probably the difference in the game. So I know that's not the running back. That's the running quarterback element. But this game is a simple game. And the pass game is the equivalent of a three-point game in the NBA. At some point, you got to be able to run the football, right? So everybody's talking about that the Browns need to go and get um, another number one or number two receiver to pair alongside Amari Cooper. And I don't disagree with that logic. However, I do believe that you shouldn't do that and ignore the running back position or think that you can use some stopgap options to fill that role. I think Jerome Ford did a good job in backup duty right when when Chubb went down and having to step into a a starting uh, role. But there was a ceiling there. And I think if you can upgrade that particular ceiling, obviously, Nick Chubb is going to be your one. But if you can right behind him upgrade the ceiling that Jerome Ford gives you, I think that's going to pay more dividends uh, in the long term than a wide receiver is going to, especially when you get into December football, January football, and ultimately February football. A lot of people have been floating the name uh, T Higgins out. And for what it would cost, you're probably not going to get him. But for what it would cost, or a Gabe Davis, or a a Mike Evans, um, I think you would be better suited to be looking for that prototype in the draft a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, height receiver, that's a big target. Cedric Tillman is a big target, and I think he's going to have a, a bigger year going into to next season. Um, so I, I'm really not of the mindset that you got to break the bank for a receiver and that it is the most glaring need. Because, again, we just watched the Chiefs with Travis Kelsey as their number one option win the Super Bowl. That should show you right then and there that if your quarterback is smart with the ball, is poised, the weapons are kind of immaterial if you're making the right decisions. Right, let's think about it like this. Patrick Mahomes to me is he's like the the Lexus LFA. You know, it's a supercar. It's an exotic car. It's a rare car, actually. I think there was only 500 of those made. But it's not going to put you in the poorhouse. Right? You go out and buy you a Lambo or a Rari, you better have some money to be able to maintain that. You go get you the Bentley Continental Coupe, something like that, you better have some money to be able to maintain that. Because ultimately something's going to go wrong with that. Not because it's not a good car, just because the, you know, the maintenance on those are expensive. Right. You got a lot of quarterbacks, you know, I don't really want to say no names, but you got a lot of quarterbacks that are like Range Rovers. Nice. You know, they look nice. They look great. But if something happened to that air suspension and you ain't got that eight to ten grand set aside, right, you work, you know, you. I don't know what your job is. Let's just say you, you know, you got you a 60,000, $70,000 a year job, but you are riding a big Range Rover, right? 80, $90,000 Range Rover with the air suspension. You better have 10 grand set aside for when it goes out. If it, if it goes out, um, I was at the mechanic the other day, they had a Bentley truck in there. They had to take the whole dashboard out to change a sensor. I don't know what the the time was, but he told me that the the billable hours was like 23 hours on that. A lot of these quarterbacks that are getting 40 million, 50 million, 60 million, they're kind of like that. They're like these temperamental cars that are always in the shop. They're not really dependable when you need them in clutch moments. Now, the hope is that Deshaun Watson, you, you know, he's been a little banged up the last couple of years, but the hope is that once you finally, Get them out the shop. You got everything fine-tuned. You did all the work that is it's needed. You've been getting a, a, a bill. And you finally got all the work done. Now you about to put it on the road. You ain't going to have nothing to worry about for a couple of years. That's the hope. That he turns into that Lexus LFA. Even if he just turns into a Toyota Tundra. Right? Dependable pickup truck. Something like that. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for the engine. That can drive your offense, be available, be dependable, right? And be able to execute. That's what the hope is, which is why bringing us back to our main point of today's show is the running back, right? If the quarterback is the engine of the offense, the running back is the gasoline. Ask Ryan Tannehill. When Derrick Henry was doing his thing the last couple of years, Ryan Tannehill was able to throw in the single coverage most of the time because Derrick Henry commanded so much attention. Now, we know that the Titans had a couple of opportunities and they they weren't really able to capitalize on having a number one seed. It happens. And if I remember correctly, Derrick Henry was coming back and he wasn't 100 percent. Right. But again, that's where you want to have that balance of quarterback and running back. They all can't do it. They all can't do it on their own. Even if you think about Tom Brady, Tom Brady was handing the ball off to LeGarrette Blunt and James White. And I can't remember the other dude's name. Was it Deion Lewis? He had running backs that he was handing the ball off to when they beat the Falcons, when they came back from 28 to three. What did they run to win the game? They ran a toss sweep to the right. What did the Seahawks try to run to win the game in 2014? They tried to run a pick play and it cost them. You see what I'm saying? You know, obviously we know that the, the, the Cowboys, they had Emmitt Smith, you know, a couple of your, your teams, you feel me? The, the rival AFC North, couple of them, you know, Jerome Bettis, we're going to show respect. They had the bus, you understand? So when you're talking about running backs, the league, I don't know why they're trying to make it seem like run, the running back position is not valuable to success. Isaiah Pacheco is, is is as dependable as it comes. Holds on to the football for the most part. I think he had that one fumble in the Super Bowl, I think. Um, I could be confusing him with somebody else. But for the most part, he don't really fumble the ball based on what I've seen, you know, but he runs, he gets his yards. He runs tough, tough yards. And that allows Patrick Mahomes to operate, do his little Houdini stuff when he needs to do his thing. So Cleveland, not only do you need to make sure that you take care of Nick Chubb, you know, sew him up for about three, four, five more years. Because again, I'm not scared about the injury and I'm not scared about the mileage. He's only had again, what was it? 1200 career carriage, 1,238, right? If Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley and Austin Eckler and Tony Pollard, if all four of them become a free agent at the same time, you need to be trying to make a play to get one of them. Because that is going to. Watson should be able to cook, what whatever's in the cupboard. I mean, let's let's keep it one hundred. Valdez, Scantling, Sky Moore, Kadarius, Tony, Rasheed Rice. I would say that Amari Cooper is probably better than all four of them. Now, once you maybe get down the list on the Browns roster, maybe you would take the Kansas City receivers for the most part going further down the list. What I'm saying to you is that Watson should be able to be on his Tom Brady at that point or his Patrick Mahomes at that point where it don't really matter who's out there. He makes the right reads and the ball goes to the right person. Because in the last 20 years, that's what I've seen. That's the difference in uh, the elite quarterbacks, the quarterbacks that actually win games and, you know, just the hype quarterbacks. So. We said Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes has a solid running back. We mentioned Tom Brady. Tom Brady has always had running backs that have been productive. Corey Dillon's probably the best one he's ever had, but for the most part, he he had good productive running backs. The Seahawks had Marshawn Lynch putting in work. So this notion that the running back position is expendable, the Browns have a unique opportunity here to maybe to say, you know what? If y'all don't want to pay them, especially in the, in, in the AFC North, let's not forget that toughest division in football. Nobody plays in a dome as of now. Pittsburgh's outside Cincinnati's outside Baltimore's outside and you don't know when and what part of the year you're going to play them. So if it's snow, if it's rain, right? If it's cold, if it's windy, you need to always be able to fall back on your running game. There's no if, ands or bus about that. So what I would like to see, and I don't know that they necessarily have to address a running back in the draft. Again, I, I think with those four names that I mentioned, um, and there's probably some others that will be coming along, you have enough opportunities to bring back Chubb obviously that should be priority number 1 in my opinion and put a number 2 with him where you can split them 150 carries a piece or maybe Chubb gets 200 and the other back gets 100 something like that a passing you know a running back that can 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 do work out in in the in the passing game but you need backs in this league and there's going to be a lot of teams That are going to find out the hard way that if you let good backs walk out the door, maybe it could have been your system. Maybe it was the way that they was being utilized, but some of these backs, and I'm thinking basically a a Saquon, Saquon, Tony Pollard, Derrick Henry, because I still think he has something left in the tank. They're going to go to somebody, especially if it's a contender. And you're going to hear the announcers be like, how did they let this guy walk out the door? You need backs in this league, and, we, and we've we kind of touched on it. The most glaring example, go back and watch the 14 Super Bowl. Go watch Do Your Job documentary. Go watch that. Anyway, that'll do it for this installment of Dog Food Radio. Um, I know the combine is coming up and, and the draft is coming up. I'm, I'm probably not going to do as much of a deep dive analysis on the draft and the combine that you'll, that you'll probably get from a lot of the other channels, a lot of the other, um, um, outlets that's available. Um, I'm going to stay away from that because number one, it's all speculative, right? If everybody knew. Who was that guy? They would be working for an NFL team, and the guys that b- work for NFL teams actually would have some sort of track record. Because Pat Mahomes would have went first. Um, you know, we can go down the list. Uh, Cooper Cup would have went in the first round. Puka Nakua would have went in the first round. I'm in St. round. They they all would have went in the first round. Nobody really knows. So, you know, for me, I'll probably look at things like height you know, speed, especially just when it comes to wide receiver, maybe that's the only thing I'll focus on is, is maybe wide receiver in the draft. But, um, you know, to me, it's just so speculative. This is like the worst part of football just because you, you have to wait so long to see the moves, the free agent moves. Is it going to pan out? Is that person going to work? Is it going to stay healthy? You know, this is, this is, um, if you're like me, this is, this is a rough period (laughs) of, uh, you know, being a fan of uh, of football, but um, still going to hit you with some, you know, some, some, some content, you know, maybe some outside the box uh, type of content, you know, but um, I'll end on this. I do think that the Browns are a contender. I don't think that they need to make that many changes. I really don't believe that. Upgrade at linebacker, bring in, you know, bring in somebody to kind of maybe boost, boost your linebacker depth, um, bring in a running back that, you know, you can, when you sub chub out the game, the ceiling is higher than Jerome Ford's. And if you can, a big target, like I know they need speed, but honestly, I would say height might be the better, the better, um, attribute to be looking at six, four, six, five, um, you know, somebody that can go up and, and high point the ball and bring it down. Cause you imagine when you're in the red zone, the play action of Chubb is going to be reaping, wreaking havoc. And if you got big receivers, you're going to be causing some, um uh, some issues. So we'll see how it go. And, uh, you know, stay tuned to the fanatical L's got a lot of great, A lot of great shows on the network. I think um, we got some coming this week. Uh, I think we normally do it on Thursday, but uh, so be on the lookout for that. And a shout out to everybody on the Fanatical Elves. And uh, this is Dog Food Radio. And um, we are signing out. I forgot to pause for a break.